It is the right time. Good morning. Good morning, everyone here. Good morning online. And that's where most everyone's going to be this morning is watching either live or late. And uh, you can do that either on the Facebook or on the on the website. But obviously, if you're watching, you already know where it's at. <laughs> hey, all right. So we... Uh, it's it's a beautiful morning, isn't it? Um, and uh, there's even there's a there's I think there's an accident up Highway 38. She, my wife Shannon couldn't even get here because the road got closed temporarily. So, um, but it's probably I think it's moving already. So because I see cars now. It's fun driving in the snow, and uh, we we come down and there was a four-wheel drive Jeep just plowed right in sideways into a berm on a straightaway. I, don't know how that happens um, except they're probably going too fast and we all had to go around that and then and then people start passing each other doing 50 miles an hour and I'm thinking this is just this is just gonna be a crazy day out there so everyone please be safe but we're here there's a couple of us in person the coffee's hot the pastries are there and the worship will be good because we will worship to the Lord Amen. James, would you open us in prayer this morning? If you're on Facebook, maybe wave or say something to anyone who's watching so they know, so so they know that you're there. Let's worship the Lord. Lord, we long for you. 
Because when we see you, when we see you, we find strength to face the day. And in your presence, all our fears are washed away. Presence, all our fears are washed away. They're washed away.
Hosanna is what they shouted and they sang when Jesus came into Jerusalem on the donkey as they threw their palm branches on the ground. And it literally means God save. And it can be said as a declaration and a prayer to say, God save us. Hosanna. Save us. Thank you, Lord, for coming and saving us this morning from our fears and our worries and our concerns. Thank you, God, for saving us from our sin, most of all.
blood at Calvary. Thank you that we're forgiven. I'm forgiven because you were forsaken. I'm accepted. You were condemned. I'm alive and well. Your spirit is within me because you died and rose again. I'm forgiven because you were forsaken. I'm accepted. Love, 
reckless that you would love us so strongly God that as your word says that you would leave the 99 to come after just me come after just any one of your children God we're all recipients this morning of that amazing awesome love we thank you for it thank you Jesus hallelujah Amen. 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 Good morning, oh, all three of you. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Welcome those of you that are here. Hello to those of you that are online. We're so excited that you're joining us today for church. Um, just a couple announcements for you. We do have our um, membership class that's coming up. So if you would like to become a member of the Journey Church, this class is gonna be next Saturday from 9 a.m. to 2 p.m. Lunch is provided. And this is an opportunity for you to come and learn about just our core values as a church and our mission and all that good stuff. And so um, I encourage you that if you have not already become a member to come out next Saturday and join us for that class. And um, we will have a sign-up sheet um, at the end of service. So if on your way out you think, oh, yeah, i got to sign up for that, please do that. And for those of you online, I would say, hey, maybe you can just send us a message or something if you're interested. Um, that would be great. And then the next thing is that at the, the last Sunday of February, then we're going to be having our annual membership meeting where, um, again, we kind of just go over what we've gone through over this past year, what our goals are for the next year. We go over the finances and all that good stuff. And so we do need members to be there because we do vote on stuff and we need a quorum. And um, plus, it's just exciting for us to get together. So that is going to be the last weekend of February. So mark your calendars for that as well. Um, and then we're just going to move into our time of tithes and offerings. We're not going to actually collect anything today. So if you have it here today, you can put it in the tithe and offering boxes in the back. 
there are multiple ways that you can give. You guys like my fancy graphic that I made? Ooh, ah. <laughs> so these are the multiple ways that you can give to the Journey Church. Um, <clears throat> pardon me. I do want to just read a little thing that I uh, looked up recently, and I just thought it was kind of a, a cool thought about tithing. And so it says this. It says, it is amazing how many believers waste their energies arguing whether or not tithing is a New Testament doctrine. Tithing didn't begin with the law. According to Genesis 4, 2 through 4, before the law was ever given to Moses, Abel and Cain brought the first fruits of their labor to God. Again, in Genesis 14, we find that Abraham tithed before the law. But Old Testament tithing was just a shadow of what was to come. Although the Old Covenant saints were blessed through their tithing, we enjoy even greater blessings through our tithing today because we bring our tithes to a high priest, and that high priest is Jesus, who is greater than Melchizedek or any other Old Covenant priest. Isn't that cool? I just thought that was kind of a new exciting thing to think of like we're not giving it to the priests and stuff like that per se but we're giving it to our high priest so that we can tell the world about Jesus so yeah so let's go ahead and we'll just pray for our tithes and offerings and then we'll move on into the message father we thank you that you are our high priest lord that you sent your son Jesus to become that ultimate sacrifice for us lord to bring us into right relationship with you Father, I pray that as we give into our tithes and our offerings, Lord, that we would be able to um, continue to spread the word of the good news that comes through Jesus. Lord, we're so grateful, um, God, that we just that we even live in the 21st century, God, where we can give in multiple different ways. That's just so trippy, Lord, and we don't even have to, you know, give of our crops and stuff like that. But, Father, that we can... Um, Pull out our fancy phones and give it to you, God. We thank you so much for those provisions, the things that you provide for us, Lord, where so many people may not have. Lord, we are extremely blessed in this nation and in this church, and we are so grateful for that. Lord, we love you, and we thank you, and we give you all the praise. In Jesus' name, amen. Wish some people good morning here online. Good morning. <laughs> There's a few people tuning in this morning. Yep, the other people in 38 said, yeah, they couldn't come down either because 38, it was a parking lot. I wish there was a back road from our place because when it's closed, and it's just a bummer. But uh, it's kind of fun seeing everyone here online. Now I get to look at myself too. Oh, I'm still looking at Jesse. There we go. All right. There's a little bit of a delay. Well, good morning, everyone. Good morning. Would it be weird if I asked the three of you to come over here? I've never done that. Yeah, because like everyone's kind of over here, and then I don't have to get a crick in my neck. I'm just kidding. You know, I know, right? Who moved my cheese? That's what just that's what's happening right now. Have you, have you ever read that book? So it's actually a good book. It's, um, it, it's about when, how to handle change and things, you know. And, and we, we have a hard time. Hard time when anyone ever, you move the cheese. It was about this maze thing with, with mice and, and all that good stuff. 
All right. Uh, one, one Sunday, Pastor Jeff Tunnel, who, who was, you know, not quite the founding pastor, but here forever, 28 years, and um, he liked to do just shake things up. And so one Sunday morning, we didn't have the platform at the time, so the church was just all one level. He just moved the sanctuary to face that way. And so we set up the front over there, and when people walked in, man, you just, they didn't know what to do. Were, were you here for that one, Joe? It was really funny to just watch people, because they're like, wait, you know, what happened? And so funny, too, is that people tried to find about where they normally sit and still sit in their same kind of seat we uh, have it. I've, I've always uh, thought that um, I, I might, you know, every couple of years uh, film my... my um, memorial when I die and, and do this video thing and talk to people in the church because I know that if when I die for the people who come to the memorial they're going to sit in the same place that they do on Sunday morning so wouldn't that be great to just kind of look out on the camera down like this and say hi Steve and Denise and you know just from the camera wouldn't that be great <laughs> because we are creatures of habit but anyways hey good morning to everyone here and everybody that's home and cozy this morning. I want to thank those who came early and, and got some shoveling done this morning after you shoveled out your house. Um, yeah, Lot, lots of work. My, uh, Stephen's shovel broke in the middle of shoveling and my snowblower ran out of gas. So I got, I got one driveway done, so I got some more to do when I get home. But, and, uh, hey, but it is a privilege to be alive, isn't it? And it's, for me, it's a privilege to be with you this morning to be called here as a leader at the Journey Church, to walk with you in the calling that we all have as believers to be salt and light here in this beautiful valley of Big Bear, which today is even prettier, except for all the tourists up here. It's a little scary up here because of that. But, you know, the scriptures teach us that he called us out of darkness, that he chose us, that because of his love, that we are called children of God. The scriptures teach us that our, our days were ordained for us even before the foundation of the world. We aren't an accident. You aren't an accident. We are actually here by choice. Even if your parents told you that you were an oops, you're here by choice. God chose. We're called as believers to be image bearers. It's an interesting term, image bearers, but when God created man in his own image, he created man, woman, to bear the image of God. We're supposed to bear the image of God to the people in the world around us. Is that amazing or what? I mean, I'm sure you woke up this morning and you looked in the mirror and said, Good morning, handsome. You are an image bearer. You were created in God's image to go into the world and represent. That's to represent Almighty God to everyone you meet. I'm sure we all woke up and said that this morning. Hey, if, uh, if, if we didn't, we should have. And, and, and this morning, I, had, I went through that process because I knew that I was going to be talking about this that this morning of realizing that I'm an image bearer. 
But since most of us probably didn't do that, we can do it right now. Right now, right where you're sitting, right where you're online, on your couch or wherever. If you're, you're, some of you are still in bed and shame on you. <laughs> that you're in bed and we're not. But right where you're at this morning, you can tell yourself, Hey self, you were made in God's image. He created you. You're talking to yourself here. He called you to bear His image, to represent Him. Self, you are loved and called by God. So let's let God live in and through you. Tell yourself, let's go out and represent God to the world. We should tell ourselves that, something like that, often. So we remember that we are to bear His image wherever we go. Right there is such a, a powerful, life-changing moment if we would just do that. Because all of us as believers, we know the price that God paid for us. But sometimes we feel insignificant in the, in the calling and in the purpose. And I tell you, no one, no one is insignificant. Everyone has a purpose. Everyone has a role in life. No matter how seemingly small you think your purpose is, it's not. It was created by God. You were created by God to fulfill it. So let's represent God. The reason we're going through our, our series that we're going through, we're going through the series on virtues, is, is to help us live the way God wants us to live. To live up to His calling. To be filled with His Holy Spirit. Remember, virtues are connected with our character more than our actions. See, in church, forever, there has been this uh, seemingly um, preached message that says, do more, do better, do, do, do. And you can't separate the do from the being, but, but God calls us to be. We're supposed to be in Him. And we're supposed to be doers of the Word. We're supposed to remain in Him. Yes, we do. We do things out of the place that we are. But often we feel like we have to do before we can be. And that's actually been preached at some places. That you have to you know, go and do something before you can be in Him and be a believer. And then sometimes right after salvation, we preach a, a similar message. It's amazing. I, he I heard this. I can't take credit for it, but I was, was listening to a, a, a radio sermon a couple weeks ago, and I, I didn't have time to finish, and I was really disappointed because it sounded so good, and, and I, because I was convicted by it. You know, we invite unsaved people to church, and we can go and find the drug addicts and the people, and we say, come, come, just as you are. God receives you and we, we lavish, I mean, most of us really lavish a lot of grace to unbelievers as we invite them to come to Christ. How come it changes so much the moment they start coming to church that if they slip up and they fall that we kind of condemn them and say, hey, you got to do better. Whew, I'm a little challenged. It's the Holy Spirit who convicts. And we, and we need to understand that, that when we come to Christ that you know, we come, as they say, warts and all. He's the one who 
lives in us and begins to make the change from the inside out. And virtues really begin to come because of Him living inside of us. We're supposed to live our lives based on our virtues. The scriptures teach us that we, we clothe ourselves with certain attributes. It's not just something that we do, but it's really something that, that just kind of emanates from us. We began the series in virtues with love and understanding that we are loved by God and because He loves us, we are to love Him back. And because He loves us, we're supposed to love one another. So love is really the, the first one. It really overshadows and, and undergirds um, all of the other virtues that we'll talk about and they all really come from that place of loving God, being loved by God and loving others. Do you guys remember the memory verse from that week? Matthew? It says, Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. The second, the, 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 is it up there? Because I was starting to read and I, I lost my place. Okay. With all, with all your mind. That's the first and greatest commandment. The second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and prophets hang on these two. You don't have to memorize that. for the, So that's kind of three scriptures. You can put it all as one. But Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. That is the first and greatest commandment. The second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. We want to start with that because we, that's where this, everything starts is loving God and loving our neighbor. And honestly, we can't love God without being first, understanding that we are loved by Him. Second week, we looked at humility. And, and in that, we discovered that we're uh, supposed to be humble. We're supposed to walk in humility. Um, we're supposed to look at ourselves not higher than we ought to, but really look at ourselves sober-mindedly. We talked about that, the, that humble does mean low, and, and we're not supposed to have a high self-esteem, but we also learned that, that it means to fill up the whole space that God has given you. Don't, don't paint a smaller circle and don't come out of the lines where you're supposed to live, but humility is really being exactly in the place and filling your entire purpose in life. And that's, that's so powerful because sometimes, uh, obviously there are some people who aren't humble and they, they go way outside of themselves, but there's a lot of us as believers who, who can go the opposite way and, and not even live up to the purpose that, that he has for us. Memory verse last week was Micah 6.8. Does anyone want to give it a try? That is awesome. I love that. I love that passage. And so that was last week's scripture. He has shown you, O oh man, what is good and what does the Lord require of you. And, and some of the versions, um, you know, there weren't question marks in, in, in Hebrew. So some versions have a question mark after that, what does the Lord require of you. And I kind of like that because it becomes that moment of thinking. He has shown you, O oh man, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you, question mark, and answer it. But to do justly, to love mercy and to walk humbly with your God. This one, of course, puts the question mark at the end. It's okay. We want to we wanna do these things. We want to love mercy. We want to walk humbly with our God. We want to do justly. So this morning, we're going to uh, take a look at our third virtue. Our third virtue this morning um, is kindness. 
We want to focus in just this morning for about, about 25 minutes and talk about kindness. Next week, Mickey Hall is going to come and talk about courage. So another very important virtue. So let's pray as we, we continue on. Father, we thank you for loving us so well. We thank you for calling us and calling us your children. This morning, God, I pray that you would anoint the word. I pray that it would encourage, but it also bring a challenge. God, I pray that whether it be through me or through anybody else, that this message would be preached today because kindness is, is lacking and needs to come in our, in our society right now. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. If you've been on social media, you know that kindness is in short supply. If you watch the news, you know that kindness is in short supply. And it's on, on every possible side imaginable. And it shouldn't be on short supply coming from this side. We, we need to be kind of want to talk about what that means, though, a little bit today and how we can do that. Ephesians 4.32 is our memory verse this week. I didn't get it in there in time because of the snow. Um, Ephesians 4.32, it says, Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. Kindness comes along with that forgiveness out of understanding that God forgave us that God is kind to us. We're going to spend some time looking at, at, at what that means and, and how to be kind. We need to spend some time this morning um, talking about it because the world we live in, um, as we talked about, it, kindness is becoming a, more, a virtue that more and more that the world needs to see and experience. And the virtues we're talking about, all of them stem from love. His, his, God's love towards us and the love we have for others and, and kindness is no difference. Really, all of the virtues are inextricably linked to the fruit of the Spirit found in Galatians 5.22. If you're in, you have your Bible, go to Galatians 5.22. You probably have that worn out. You have it memorized. It's in your home. It's in your bathroom. I don't know why we always put it in our bathroom, but the fruit of the Spirit often is in our bathroom. And we're talking about these virtues kind of one by one, but when you read Galatians 5.22, and there's a few places um, that list kind of virtues, but I want to focus on the, on the Galatians 5 because it says that it's a fruit of the Spirit. That means that it is a result of the Spirit living inside of you and allowing the Spirit to live through you. Galatians 5.22, the fruit of the Spirit is love, Joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Boy, wouldn't the world be a, a better place if we just all lived that out? I mean, really. You know, I mean, even this morning, like I said, we're, we're, we're driving to town, or just driving here from the house, and... And I was actually surprised because it was so snowy that the traffic was moving about 
38 miles an hour, which is pretty fast on the snow, and there's trucks passing this huge long line. And as we're coming down the straightaway from like at the top of hatchery, this guy goes out and he starts passing. And because he can't go that much faster, he was still trying to pass when it hit this corner right before State Lane. And I'm looking at that going, I mean, I just, I just saw someone coming around just, why? To make it to, to Snow Summit three minutes earlier? Wow, where's patience? You know, these things. So, so we need to have the, the, the fruit of the Spirit, and we need to allow that to come, because what happens is all of us get in a hurry. All of us get the opposite of these things, and we, we don't have love, we have anger or hatred, and we have depression instead of joy, and, and we, we don't have that peace, but we have anxiousness. And these things want to come up, and we have to allow the Holy Spirit to kind of get, get, get ourselves in check so that we can begin to exude that fruit of the Spirit. We are, we are so like Paul in this, aren't we? Like that, what I want to do, I don't do. And the things that I don't want to do, I do do. That, that, is, that is us when we think about the fruit of the Spirit. It's not that the Spirit's not living in you. It's that, that we're not allowing Him to come. And, and sometimes it comes that quick, that, small, that still small voice, relax. Pull back the reins. Get your foot off the gas. You don't need to pass. Whatever it might be. Just have some peace and patience. So this morning we want to talk about the kindness. The kindness aspect of Galatians 5. Kindness in the Greek, there's, there's a couple of words to them. And, and it's, it's no big mystery. No, no, no big thing. The two words that mostly used for kindness are Christotes and philanthropos. Which, if you, that's the one, the other one sounds like a toothpaste, you know, crestotes, but, um, or a cereal maybe, I don't know. Uh, philanthropos kind of sounds familiar, philanthropy. Philanthropos is, is comes just from the two, two words, phileo, which is love, brotherly love. And, and uh, the, the uh, anthro, anthropos is, is the, uh, the thing for man, so really it's brotherly love, among mankind. And that's what philanthropy is, is, is loving mankind, having that, that care. Christotes, just, it, it's just translated kindness most of the time. Um, and it, it, no real revelations. It, it means kind, but there's some, some underlying means, uh, understanding it's not, kindness isn't the same as being passive. Sometimes we, we think that, you know, if you're kind, that means when somebody's a jerk to you, you're just supposed to take it. Well, that's not necessarily kindness. That's passivity. Kindness is um, really more related to the words good and gentle. Goodness. So, so when you're kind, you're, you're going for the good of people. There's goodness happening. There's gentleness happening. So when somebody comes against you, it's not that you're supposed to just take it, but your word in response is supposed to be kind, gentle. We're not just supposed to take abuse, but we can respond to it well. That's one of the, the, the fears when we talk about kindness is exactly that, is that, you know, especially right now, there's this, this feeling and for the, you know, if we go to the political, the political realm in a sense, which is so far than just, so much more than politics, we, we, we have been, Felt, many people have felt hurt over the last four years. 
And, and I've seen a lot of people writing things like, you know, um, now that, that President Biden is, is in the office, um, there's this call like, well, now we have, you know, let's come together and work together and not throw any stones. And, and, and there's this thing in a lot of us going, but what about the last four years when you guys were the ones throwing all the stones? And we feel hurt and we feel cheated and, and so, which are legitimate things, right? This is how we're feeling. And so, so what we have to do as believers, we have to figure out, okay, wait a second. My response doesn't mean that I just have to roll over and take everything. But it does mean that whatever I say and whatever I do, we need to figure out how to be kind in doing it. Kind. So we're not going to slam people. We're not going to be... We're not going to be vindictive. We're not, we're not going to do some of these same things. We're going to learn. We're going to pray and ask the Holy Spirit to show us how we can stand for the things that you want to stand for, whether it's, it's at work or in, you know, in, a, in a political sense or, or, or even at the church. Stand for the things that are right and true and that you, you hold to, especially those things which God gives you, but you say, but I need to do it in a kind way, good and gentle. And if it's good, it's going to, the, the goal is that it's going to produce fruit that's also good. It's kindness. Jesus gave us an example of kindness. So we always need to look to Jesus. Jesus was, was kind. And I just, I just have a couple of ones we just want to re refer to. I was thinking uh, about the man with, with leprosy in Matthew chapter 8. That when, when Jesus you know, healed him... now. Leprosy was a, a, uh, is a contagious disease, but in, in the Bible times, you know, leprosy also, if you had leprosy, which wasn't always leprosy, it was just a skin thing, they didn't always know for sure, you were unclean. You weren't supposed to touch somebody with leprosy. In fact, at, at, they were actually had to, to, to remove themselves from the family, and when they would walk and they would go into society, if they were anywhere close, they actually had to, there was at times they had to wear a bell, and they would have to say, unclean, so that nobody accidentally touched you. I mean, that's, that's, that's pretty rotten. And Jesus goes, and in his kindness, he, he talk, not only talks to him, but he touches him, he heals him. Jesus showed kindness to the one who was an outcast. We can think of, of for, for me, you know, the closest thing I, I can think of is someone having leprosy, honestly, is a homeless person. I think we treat homeless people like lepers. They, they, in fact, sometimes they call themselves the invisible people. We, we just don't even want to look at them. And, and we just kind of, there's somebody there, and we just kind of walk along and, and, and don't, don't give them the time of day. If we do, not all of us and not all the time, but we may give that, sometimes you give them something, we still don't want to get eye contact. You're even told, don't get eye contact. So you kind of, Give them a sandwich, and you scurry on along the way. Now, you know, we talked about this in men's group this week. I mean, if you live in the city, you cannot, you, you literally can't stop and talk to every homeless person. You don't have that much time. This la last week, Mickey took a ride along Santa Ana Trail down, down the hill, and it goes from, from San Bernardino all the way down to a, a Fontana, or no, a Corona, way out there. And he passed at least a What'd you say? Oh, over a thousand tents of homeless people along Santa Ana River, 
and, and actually he felt led. At one point there was this probably literally crazy woman out there and she was sweeping the path with her jacket and God put it on his heart to stop and he gave her a little bit of food and she, she was out of it. But we talked about it. He couldn't have stopped for everyone. He didn't have a thousand sandwiches. He didn't have a thousand minutes. But he was obedient when, when God called him. So will we be obedient and then be kind when God calls us to stop with a leper? You know, that's a tough one. You know, there's, there's been many a time where I've sat down in the filth. Because I used to do a lot of inner city ministry. And I tell you, it's, it's gross. Sitting down in the filth of homelessness. But you give them dignity and respect and you're just kind to them. Sometimes... In fact, sometimes rather than just giving them money, I said, hey, do you want to go get some food? And, and I tell you, taking a very, very dirty homeless person into a restaurant is weird because people start looking at you. They start, hey, he can't be in here. No, no, he's with me. He's with me. And, and you know, the thing is, that guy's been in there. He's probably caused troubles with some of these people because they've got some instabilities. But will we be kind? When God... We're always supposed to be kind, but when God puts those things in your path, we need to be kind. Um, another one, it's, it's kind of the, the opposite of this, the, the spectrum, uh, was not a poor person or a leper, but was Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus was wealthy, but he was a tax collector. So it's kind of this interesting thing. He was probably respected in the upper circles of, of maybe we'll call it politics. Because... Because he was respected there, but he wasn't respected among the common people because he was taking their taxes. He was working for Rome. And Jesus and Zacchaeus, the, the story is wonderful because as, as Jesus is approaching, you know, Zacchaeus gets up in the tree and you know all the songs and all the funny skits that go along with it. And, and Jesus says, hey, I'm, I'm coming to your house to dine, right? I'm coming to your house today because he was a wee little man starting to go off and, and, and in that passage what's amazing is that Jesus never says to him Zacchaeus repent does not record it he just says I'm coming to your house today and Zacchaeus says he stood up in front of everyone and his response was I'm going to give half of everything I have to the poor and if I've stolen anything I'm going to return it fourfold Jesus' kindness just to go and have a meal with the tax collector converted the heart of Zacchaeus. Isn't that awesome? We need to be kind. In Luke chapter 8, we see Jesus in the throng of people where, where people are pushing and he stops and he says, somebody touched me. And his disciples says, wait, every, your people are all over touching you. He says, no, power went out and he found that there was a woman and she had, the Bible calls it an issue of blood. She had been bleeding for years. Again, when a woman is bleeding, you can't touch them. They are unclean. And so she went in though and she touched, which was an offense. First, she's a, she's a woman. She's a dog. Women didn't have a lot of rights in, in biblical times. They, they, it was a very backwards time in that sense. And so among, in, cultural, she, in culture, she was not to be really um, really talked to and esteemed and she came up and she touched him and she should never have done that. But Jesus, rather than rebuking her, just goes and she's healed. 
He had compassion on her. Another woman's story, John chapter 4, is the Samaritan woman. Again, you know, he, Jesus isn't supposed to be hanging out with women, especially women of ill repute who had four husbands living with a guy. She's a, she's a Samaritan, which is the despised race that came um, out of the, the Jews marrying in with the Babylonians and other people that, that happened in the exile time. And they don't agree uh, on, on their religious beliefs. And, and Jews, even though Samaria uh, was right in, in, in the path of where they'd go if you wanted to go north to south, they would often go way around and add days to their travel just so they wouldn't go through Samaria. And Jesus is right there in Samaria and he, and he ministers to the woman. And he doesn't condemn her. He's just kind to her. You just see Jesus' kindness over and over. And one of the, uh, the last one, just, just a quick, just to kind of pique our thinking and how Jesus responded. And, and I put this as the last one because it, it's not just nice, nice, kind, but there's another attitude of kindness. And that's when Jesus was with the woman who was caught in the very act of adultery. And it says she was caught in the, in the very act, which, which means she may have been naked or, or very scantily clothed if she was caught in the act of adultery. And they bring her out and they're going to stone her. And we love that discourse where, where Jesus says, I, one day I'm going to find out what, what, he, what he was writing in the dirt. So there's a lot of ideas. You know, I, I, I kind of think that he was, he was writing out the Ten Commandments, specifically the sins that these guys were committing themselves so that they saw them. But that's just my thought. And he's writing in the sand, and, and um, he says, You who has, the has no sin, cast the first stone. And one by one, they leave. Until finally, the, the woman is there. And Jesus just talks to her, and he says, Woman, where are your accusers? And he said, They've all gone. And he says, Neither do I accuse you. He showed kindness to her. He really, as a, as a Jew, he could have, and maybe should have, picked up a rock and done the right Jewish thing. The right thing was to stone her, according to the law. And, but he went against that. And he showed her kindness and grace. But his kindness didn't leave her in her sin. And that's why I put this one last. Because kindness does not mean you leave somebody in their sin. He instructed her. And he says, listen, go and sin no more. Your accusers are gone. I don't accuse you. I don't condemn you. Remember, he's God. I don't condemn you. But he, he didn't leave her there. He says, in his kindness, he told her, go and sin no more. As believers, part of the thing of being kind is, is to understand that people need to be saved. Unfortunately, sometimes as believers, sometimes as believers, what we do when we're dealing with, with people is we go, well, I don't want to offend them, so I'm not going to even talk about God. Well, that's not kind. That's actually not kind. That's passive. We need to figure out how to share the love of God in a kind and good way with people. And honestly, sometimes with the people, there's going to be people in your life that you have the relationship with where you can say, hey, stop it. I'm not going to let you do this anymore. You know, you, you get somebody who's... who's uh, an addict and, and a good friend or their sponsor and they're going to go off and use and they don't go, you know, I don't think it'd be a good idea if you shoot up today. <laughs> Sometimes you go, hey, stop it. You're coming with me. 
Well, that's actually kind. If that's what they need to hear, if that's what it's going to take to save them. Have, have you ever worked with an animal like who was injured? If, when an animal gets injured, they're panicking. And, and when you have them, I mean, it looks mean. You grab their snout and you hold their snout closed and you grab them until the, the, the vet or whatever can come and do what they need to do on that animal. And it, that doesn't look kind if we think that kind is nice. But you're being very kind because you're doing something that's going to help this animal. Sometimes in the right circumstances, we need to know when it's time to act like that and say, hey, no more. I am not going to let you do this because I love you. It's called tough love. But that's kind. But you don't have to be that way just because you're a jerk. You know, don't be a jerk. We need to, to, to love people and help them to come to faith and come to the knowledge of Christ. And that means that, you know, it's... Well, I, I, let, me, let me go to Scripture and I want to give the background. In Romans chapter 2, 4, if you're taking notes, you can go there or, or write it down. In fact... I'm going to go there because I want to... In, in Romans 2, before we get to 4, Paul's talking about judging others. It says, You are inexcusable, O man, in verse 1, whoever you are who judge. From whatever you judge another, you're, you condemn yourself. For you who judge practice the same things. But we know that the judgment of God is according to truth against those who practice such things. Hey, there is judgment coming. It's, it's going to come to those who practice lawlessness, to those who are outside of Christ, who haven't been forgiven. There's a judgment coming. And do you think this, O oh man, uh, you who judge those practice such things and doing the same, that you will escape the judgment of God? So he's really saying, listen, you're judging other people, but you're, you're, you're messing up. You know, it's, it's Jesus riding in the dirt going, you without sin, cast the first stone. And so this is where, this is a very popular scripture, you may know it. And it says, Do you show contempt for the riches of his kindness, tolerance, and patience, not realizing that God's kindness leads you towards repentance? In the New King James it says, Do you despise the riches of his goodness, his forbearance, and his long suffering, not knowing that the goodness of God leads you to, to repentance? And, and so what he's saying is, is that it was God's kindness toward us that led us to repentance. It wasn't his chastisement. It wasn't the fear of hell. It was his kindness. Well, in his kindness, he sent Jesus. In his kindness, he brought people to, to tell us about Jesus. He, in his kindness, he put up walls so that we wouldn't keep going off. Even in his kindness, he allowed some of your lives to hit the bottom. Sometimes the, the most kind thing you can do to somebody is to let them hit the, the ground before they get too high and they jump off something. You know, it, you think of a little kid who, who's kind of thinking maybe they can fly. Well, if they jump off of this, Oh, that was cool. That didn't that didn't hurt. So then they jump to the, go up to the roof, and they jump off a roof, and you break your leg. So what you might want to do is have them jump off a stool, because that'll hurt just enough for them to go. Oh, I can't fly. 
instead of jumping off the two or three story balcony. Sometimes with people, you need to let them hit the ground when they're only going to fall and hurt a little bit. Because we've all seen people fall from too big of a height and in their life. Kindness sometimes is letting people have their way. And, and, and there's not one answer for all, any of it. You need to really seek help in, 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 in the Lord. Okay, how do I handle this situation? But it, it needs to be not done in anger or spite or vengeance, but in I want the best. I want good to happen. And, and, and this is the most gentle way I know how to do it. There's nothing more gentle. You know, the other gentle things aren't working. Sometimes being too gentle isn't, isn't good enough. Because it's His kindness that leads us to repentance. In the, in the NLT, it says, Don't you see how wonderfully kind, tolerant, and patient God is with you? Does this mean nothing to you? Can't you see that His kindness is intended to turn you from your sin? And so the next thought is, so why are you judging other people? If it's God's kindness that has helped you turn from your sin, can't you be kind to somebody else so that they might turn from their sin as well? In our men's group a while back, one of the guys said something that his mom used to say to him, and, and I mean, just I've been using it ever since. It's so simple yet so profound. When you're kind, you, you need to speak the truth in love. We know that saying. And, you, and sometimes you have to talk to people. And you have to be honest with people. Kindness, you can be honest. And, and the truth is always important. Um, I got something about the truth in a moment. But it was just simply this. So his mom used to say, Hey, say what you mean, but don't say it mean. This is really simple. Say what you mean, but don't say it mean. So... I, I'm going to some of my conversations with my wife and some people who, you know, that the people that are, are closest to you are the people that you, you know, especially me, because I'm a pretty easygoing guy, but I can get hacked off and hurt by the people that are most close to me, and that means I can also hurt them the most. So when all of these things start coming up into my mind of the possibilities of things to say, I don't know if this is what you get. Somebody does something to you and you start making a mental list of all the things you can say. You know, somebody says, you're fat, and I go, yeah, well, you're ugly, and I can diet. <laughs> and I get one, huh? Yeah, some, some of you are going to write that notes down. What did you learn today in church? A good one. It's a zinger. <laughs> and, and these things come up, and even worse than that, right, these, these things, you know. And, you know, well, you know, I'm going to remind you of the time you did this. And, and, you know, you know what I'm talking about, these list of things. And as a believer who's trying to be kind, we need to be like, no, 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 no. Because most of them are bad. No, no, no. We kind of find a couple and we, we need to go, okay, you know what? These other ones, they were going to make me feel good for about a minute. But they're not kind. So I'm not, I'm not going to use these. 
and say this. Give a kind response. It can be truth. It doesn't even have to be, you know, uh, agreeing and accepting of whatever the accusation was if that's not true, but, but it's a kind response. We need to really work at, at things that are kind. And I want to encourage you, some of you guys, you might not, you know, we will talk to people online. Maybe you don't even know what it's kind is. Some, some of you might need to get help and, and ask people, hey, is this kind? Because you might think it's kind. And, and it's true to some people. They just, you know, when you're a hammer, everything looks like a nail. And if you've got that personality, you, you might need to get some help going, you know, I've realized I'm a hammer and I just, I just want to pound everything. And get some other people's going, yeah, you know, if you do that to them, they're going to crumple. You know, it's not going to be helpful. It's not going to be kind. We, we, we want to let the Spirit of God live in us and, and be close to Him and be in the Word and let His love come so that, that we can actually begin to, to not just respond, but choose our responses and let them be kind. Um, I want to talk a little bit just real quick, just say this, this, this kind of came to me. Truth is important. We would all agree that truth is important. But I want to tell you something that's going to maybe rock some of your worlds. Sometimes truth doesn't need to be told. It just doesn't need to be told. I'm not saying you lie. What I'm saying is you just don't tell it. Okay? Um, you know, sometimes it needs to be told later. You know, for instance, if you if, if somebody in the family died and you somebody in somebody else's family died and they said, Can you go please pick up the kids and bring them home? Something horrible, their dad died. You don't go to school and say, Hey, come on kids, your dad died. You don't do that. <laughs> you you wait. It's an appropriate time. So that's like sometimes it's to be told later. Sometimes you just don't even need to be doesn't need to be told. You know, if you hate the way I dress, you just keep that to yourself. <laughs> right? You know, I think your pants are ugly, Pastor Rob. Okay? Doesn't necessarily have to be told. Now, if we have a good relationship, and um, you know what I mean? Some things, it's just, well, you know what? Some people, people do this. Yeah, but it was on my mind, and it's true. So what? That's not kind. Is it kind? We need to tell our fingers or our thumbs. Some of you. Our thumbs. Thumbs, be kind. As I respond to this text, as I post another post on Facebook, be kind. We have to figure that out. Let's, let's be the the people who, who have good responses. And I'm not saying weak. Next week, it makes you talk about courage. We need to learn how to be strong and righteous. So there's kind of times we need to really be bold. But in our boldness, we still need to be kind. Let's, let's, let, let's let that as image bearers, let's, let's look to Jesus and go, you know, he, he was kind, yet he flipped over tables. You know? He, there's a time when it's like, enough is enough. We're not going to do this. But in everything, let's be kind. Let's close.
Father, the, the world we're living in right now is just kind of explosive. It's, it's, people are charged up, and when people are charged up, I think because of what's happened this last year with a lot of loss, um, being told, um, being at times truly being lied to, um, having people um, f feeling that we've been um, marginalized individually or as a group. God, as we move forward, Lord, we, we want to be truthful. We want to be light bearers. We want to be image bearers. But God, we need to be kind in the process. So help us. Teach us what that looks like as we walk through the virtue of being kind. And um, let us be an example. And let us bear your image. God, as we leave today and go back out onto these, these roads, keep everyone safe. Keep us aware of the people around us. Um, the other people who aren't driving so kindly, um, help us to be aware of them. And uh, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right. Have a great, great day.